We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by ZoneCoverage.com, Zone Coverage Podcast Network with Media Day on Monday and now training camp fully underway. We're going to take a pause from our roster preview and just kind of dig into recapping what happened on Media Day, what's kind of transpired the first few days uh, at training camp. So Charlie Johnson is here in studio with me, but we also have an impromptu guest who just showed up in Minneapolis today, Jonathan Sharks. I literally came for this podcast. I said, <laughs> I got to fly across the country. I got to be in studio. The Dane Moore show. Dane Moore show. <laughs> yep, that was it. That, that's totally just flew you in. I, I paid for your that's flight. That's true. Y'all are balling, man. This office they have, I don't know if you've heard about it. This office is legit. Amazon's upstairs. Y'all are literally living, living large up yeah, here. You know, it's, we peaked. This is zone coverage. We're like a couple steps above the ringer, I think. I mean, honest, your office is nicer. You have a nicer office than us. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Um, what do you What are you here for, other than the podcast? Yeah, then I, I figure while I'm up here for your show, I'll do an article about the wolves. <laughs> I'm doing a I'm doing a big thing on a cat, and so I just kind of cat as a player. How is cat in this new system? I just feel like there's so much opportunity to really expand his game. I think he's such an exciting player. I'm really curious to see how he's going to look in this new system, new coach, new front office. And it's like, this is this guy who has a chance to be a special, special player. And how are they going to use him? He is like, for Roses and Saunders, this is their meal ticket. This is the mm-hmm. guy. If those guys are going to make it in the leagues because Cat made them something, right? Cat can be their James Harden, hopefully. Right. That's what they're thinking, I'm sure. So when, when, you're, when you're thinking about this and just like your, your mindset coming in, are you do you already like have an angle of something that you're going to take? Are you, are you going to kind of like take in everything that happens? Whatever you're staying here for what four days yeah. or something. And then, and then you, and then you go with off of what you've gathered or like, how does, 
How does, what is that mentality of coming into, right? Like a future? Well, I think for me, like when you have a guy like Cat, it's like, you know, this guy's such an interesting, unique player that mm -hmm. there's something here. And like yeah. what it is exactly, I wasn't sure, but like being around the team, being around him, being around his teammates, like I already knew he was a special player. Yeah. So I know like there's some angle here. I just got to figure out what it is basically. Right. And you didn't get to talk to him today, but I think what you, you will, and you'll talk to Ryan and you'll talk to Gerson and... It, I, I, and I don't mean this in like a, they're just using buzzwords sort of thing, but like the, the things that will come up and, and have come up, uh, Charlie, you're there, like on media days, all the buzzwords of switching, you know, faster pace, culture, cat as a facilitator, like all four of those things, I think directly connect to cat and how, how he fits in a faster pace offense, how he fat fits in a switching defense all, all of those things together will define, you know, is the, what like how how good is this blueprint? Yeah, I mean, it's like in the NBA, it's all about your best player. And so like whatever your system is, whatever your philosophy is, it should be about unlocking your best player. But the last couple of years, it hasn't been that. Yeah. I love this story about Jeff Teague. I wish it was a national story. I had no yeah. idea. This is hilarious. Do, you, do you people know about this Jeff Teague story from the Rocket series? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say it again. It's, it's great. It, <laughs> Well, so everyone remembers Cat was Charlie what was it three like three for thirteen game yep, one yep. of the Rockets. Something like he scored that. nine points, which you know it's his first first game on a, the national state playoff stage and kind of flopped. Yeah, and so I you know was was there in Houston and then they they had a they had a practice at Rice University. Have you been there before? You from no. Texas? Dallas though, yeah. different part of the world. Yeah, Houston I don't even. I don't it's know. very far. <laughs> it's my geography for you. <laughs> but anyway, so we're there and I remember you know Tibbs comes over. And obviously that's kind of like they lose the game. It's actually a close game, mm -hmm. but they, they lose the game. That's the line of, you know, questioning is like, you know, what, what went wrong with Cat in the game? And, and what Tibbs has said, he goes, nothing. We want Cat to trust the pass. He said, trust the pass. Like, actually, I think it is like five minute thing. It was like nine times. So we're like, okay, it's like, you know, if they're bringing the double, that kind of makes sense. Like, yeah. Trust the pass. I mean, that's Thibodeau's whole deal is just play within the scheme, play within the system, make the right play, make the right play. Exactly. But then it was so funny because, like, he comes out and Jeff Teague is the first guy over. And we're like, you know, so it sounds like you, it, you're you going to kind of still stick to things the, the way things were. And, you, you know, if Cat's getting doubled, you're going to ask him to trust the, like, trust the pass. That's what Tib said. And, and Teague goes, no way. <laughs> goes, no way. We need to feed him way more and he has to shoot. <laughs> and we're like, okay. Like, well, so. <laughs> and he said, he was like, we're playing right into their hands doing this. This is exactly what the Rockets want us to be doing. It was, he actually went into like explain it and he, he like broke that. Cause they, what they were doing is they would have, they would have somebody on cat, even like PJ Tucker, like who cats a lot bigger than, but they would just bring, you know, baseline double. And so then as soon as cat would turn like, to yeah. face up, like the double would be right there. So it, it was, it was working, mm -hmm. but it was also like one of those things. If it's just like a baseline double, it's kind of hard to trust the pass. It, it confused cat. It was a confusing scheme. Well, it's something too, really like seen. with that system, they're telling cat to pass to guys who can't shoot in the perimeter, which is yeah. so pointless. And then I think the other thing I would love is like, Teague is like, oh yeah, he's our best player. Yeah. And like Teague saw it from day one, probably. And Tibbs is out here. Who knows what he's doing? But Teague is like, no, man, he's our best player. Let's right. give him the ball. Let's figure it out. What are we doing? Well, it, it's so interesting, too, because, and I, I, I think, quite frankly, a lot of people who are Timberwolves fans are not big on Jeff Teague right now yeah. or have been over the past few years, you know, which is particularly last year. He had a tough year, and he, 
he's kind of been part of the like slogging problem of the offense. There's been just so many possessions where Jeff Teague is like dribble, 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 and floater. The floater, the clock expires. But to Teague's credit, he's been the guy since day one who wasn't afraid to question tips. Mm-hmm. He was it not only in this, but he's said so many times, like, I don't know why we're not switching. I don't know why we're not switching. <laughs> Everyone in the league is doing it. And his thing and his logic was. It's really hard when teams switch against us. Why wouldn't we do it? Why wouldn't we do it to them? And he's like, we have the, we like, we have the, and he, like, numerous times. And then last year, actually, before Tibbs was fired, they started switching a lot. And Teague was like, I've been saying for two <laughs> years or a year or whatever that this way. And he was like, what he said, his quote was, I remember because I used it in my, like, my headline. He was like, <laughs> the modern NBA, finally, <laughs> was what he said. So, yeah. Jeff Teague, bold truth teller. Who knew? But he, and he's, it's, he it's is, refreshing because he's on a team with guys like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins who are going to just answer, answer your question the way that they feel like they've been instructed to or yeah. the PR staff would like them to or the, the way that'll get them the least amount of clicks because they're so used to over the last couple years. I mean, they've been like this forever, but over the last couple years, everything they've said has just been dug into and criticized. And See, that's the thing about Jeff Teague. He's been around long enough to know it's all BS anyways. Like, I'm old. Oh, he, I've been in the league. I don't care. I know what's up. I got my money. Here's the deal. He's like you with social media, too. Just yeah, I love it. it. My guy. <laughs> he, he said at training camp yesterday, um, like, someone asked him about the expectations for the team, or, and he was like, I've been on teams that have had terrible expectations and we went really far, alluding to Atlanta, I'm assuming. Yeah. And then, then he was like, in Indiana, we had really high expectations and we were the eighth seed. And he's like, so it's like, I don't pay any mind to any of that. I don't, <laughs> I don't go on any social media, read anything. I just watch professional wrestling. That, that was, <laughs> That's that amazing. Was, what a quote. <laughs> oh my God. He's like, maybe you got to get him to, you to talk Jeff, to him. Jeff Teague's low-key quote machine, apparently. I told you that the people, in my opinion, the people you should talk to if you want to learn about Cat, I would say number one is Gorgie Jang mm-hmm. because he'll answer it and he's been there. Like he's seen the, we'll talk, I mean, the progression of Cat's game. Trucks, we were talking, you know, before what he was in high school versus what Cat was at Kentucky. And then even his first year in the league with Sam Mitchell, he's shooting a bunch of mid range shots. And then it moved back. So Gorgie's has kind of seen yeah. everything. And like, I, I think he gets what like maximizes cat more than anything. I mean, I'm he, sure. he does. I mean, he said it on, on media day. He said something along the lines of like, I'm always the fifth option. Like I've, I've cats always been the guy yeah. like he, he gets it. And so yeah. does Jeff Teague. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's, and that's what he, I don't know. That's what cat needs is he needs a team. What he needs, he needs a philosophy that's in place. And then a bunch of got a philosophy that's in place that maximizes him and then four players who are totally bought into that. See, here's the thing too. So like you're you played you're a big man in high school, right? More or less ish. Yeah. So I was a big man in high school too. And the thing about playing in the post, being a big guy, is like you're kind of at the mercy of your guards, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're gonna be a post up big, because posting up, a lot of times you post up, you repost, mm-hmm. right? You post pass it out, pass it back. Yeah. But then if you pass it out, it doesn't come back to you. It's like, well, what was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You need your guards to believe in you, to buy into you as the guy. Because you're not bringing up yourself, and they haven't done that for the most part of Minnesota. Well, that's the we're we're giving Jeff Teague some credit here, but yeah, yeah, Jeff Teague is not a good post entry passer. No, and same can be said for for big men relying on guards on the defensive end, especially yeah. when they're defending the pick and roll. And Jeff Teague has been terrible yeah. at helping Carl yeah. Anthony Towns in that regard. Yeah, like 
Teague needs to, it's good that he's bought in. Well, he's a truth teller. Is he a good basketball <laughs> player? That's a different conversation. I, I I, he, he, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a lot more out of Jeff Teague than what his expectations are this year. He's in a contract year. He's a, it, he's a wily vet. He, if he for, wants more of that money. You know, it's a, it's a cool, speaking of playing basketball in high school, you know that Charks played uh, with Taylor Jenkins in high school? Really? The, the Two Grizzlies years coach. older than me in my high school, yeah. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. Was he, what was he like back then? Good guy? I was a sophomore. He was a senior. So okay. he was kind of like a big man on campus. You know, yeah. I, was, I don't like know him personally, really. But he was yeah. a nice guy. Everyone liked him. He's very popular. You're he going like to student Memphis council pres- president, that kind of thing. Oh, nice. Wow. So are you more excited about your Memphis story or your Minnesota story? Well, you know, I can like, me and Taylor <laughs> go way back. So we can like chop it up. That's about, cool. You know. That's cool. And, and the two youngest coaches. Millennial coaches, yeah. We, we figured that, that Ryan is still younger than Taylor, right? Taylor's 34, I think. And Ryan just turned 33. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, recently. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, it makes sense to me to have a young coach today if you have like the other, if you have your Vantafuls and Prigioni's. Well, yeah, and who, thing too, like with Taylor and Ryan, like they got young teams. Mm-hmm. They really just have no one over like 30 on their roster. I think Jake Hart's the only one over 30 on their roster. And Teague's same with, Teague's same with the one over 30 so on So it makes stuff. sense they can relate to them. And Teague's a truth teller, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's also too, it's like the classic, you know, swing the other way. So if you have Tibbs, like the most out of, out of touch man in the planet, <laughs> then you got to swing the other way, right, to get there. there. It, it has been, I mean, it, it sounds cliche. And like, that's why I'm, I'm almost like afraid, just because I think rightfully so, Wolves fans are like skeptical, just generally. Yeah, know. totally. It hasn't happened in four or five years. Why would they not be, be thinking like, it's going to happen now? More than that. <laughs> it's happened one time. Oh, I'm thinking about with Cat, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. It. So I'm always just like, you know, I don't want to be like a shill, right? And be like, oh, the new culture and it's all like, it's all so great. And then you feel like you're, you know, just perpetuating like a narrative that they're trying to create. So what I'm, you know, wrestling with is like judging that for myself. Yeah. And is that true? And what I'm coming to is it is true, but I still feel like a shill. Until it actually happens. Yeah. 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 Well, two things can it can be true. Like it can be kind of cheesy and kind of corny and totally forced, but also be like real and happening and change can be there. That's what I think is. Yeah. Happening. Both those things can be true. I, I do. And it is what I don't, it's, it's what at, at this moment when we haven't had any games, all we've had is videos of them going to the Bahamas and yeah. all that. Like it all seems great. And maybe I, it is. And I do think, I think what I go back to is with Roses. I think he waited for a job. I mean, right, Houston obviously was a very good, good, good team for a long time. He probably had other jobs he could have taken or went for. But he waited for the job he wanted to run his system. Because, you know, if you're a GM, you get one shot, right? Mm-hmm. GMs don't get second shots very often. They're going to championship. So he knows, I got one chance. I know what works. I'm going to run my stuff. I have to think I'm going to run my stuff. I have to assume that's what's going to happen. It's just because I didn't really know that much about him, you know, coming you know he's part of Houston whatever and so I, what I was really curious about is why did he determine that this was the one like the job to take and you know from the few people I know like around the league that I, that I asked and they go cat yeah like you, you're coming into a job where you got five years of cat like locked up mm-hmm. you can't even, yeah, even five if, years even if you got Wiggins on the books even if you got Jang on the book you know some some tricky you don't have the other pieces. You have Cat. And it's like, 
I mean, he was number one pick for a reason. And like, he was a true number one pick. And he succeeded. He wasn't, he wasn't succeeded. an Anthony Bennett number one pick. He was <laughs> yeah. like, everyone knew this, this is the guy, this is the draft, he's the dude. Like, this is a guy. Yeah. And it's like, it's like when Pop said with Duncan, where he's like, when Duncan leaves, I'm leaving too. Obviously it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, but if you're, Tim's Ro- back. if you're Roses, right? If Cal wants to trade, well, I'll just fire myself too. I'm here yeah. as long as you are, because that's what yeah. the one wants to do this. That's so why I'm here. Right, and that's, I think there's some anxiety around, you know, making the Anthony Davis parallel, you know, to Cat and, you know, when does, when does the time come if it doesn't work that Cat wants to force his way out like Anthony Davis did? And that, but you gotta, it's so different because there's the five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five years, no player option. Like five years, five years. Well, here's the thing too. Like New Orleans went with Demps way too long at this, obviously mm-hmm. at a certain point. And now this is like if they hired Griffin four years ago, right? Yeah. That's the hope anyways. Exactly. And and we'll see what Roddy can do. We'll see. Because this really, to me, this it's as much about Roses as Cat. Because you oh. got to have both ends of the spectrum. You got to have the guy, the mastermind and the player mm-hmm. working in tandem. And, and Rosas does, I think that when he decided not to match on Tyus Jones's contract, that was evidence that he has total freedom to execute the plan he wants to execute it whether you know that's a we're going to be competitive next year or in two or three years okay, which so is I was curious I'm going to ask you like was Tyus popular at the local fans was that like a very he's un- from here you know a very, I knew that yeah, yeah. so it's a very unpopular move to not match he's very popular both because he's from here so everyone's you know been watching him grow up yeah. and then and then watch him go win a championship at Duke but also because he was the anti-Jeff Teague. He would come in and play pesky defense, and he would come in and move the ball on the offensive end. So See, he, I, I always liked Tyus because like, he'll give Cat the ball. Yeah. That was one thing I noticed watching him. Like, yeah. He'll give Cat the ball always. And the numbers were ridiculous. Like that's where, So you got, the, you got the home angle, plus you can back it up with stats. When the, when the Wolves were good, they made the playoffs 2017-18. The Teague missed a handful of games, and it ended up like 300 minutes. But it was Tyus with the starters, but that's not a small sample size. Yeah, and the net rating of that group was plus twenty six. Wow, like crazy good. And so, to a lot of people, and, and to me at times, you're like, "Well, why didn't we ever see? Why didn't he ever really get the shot to do that for more than three hundred minutes to be to have an opportunity to, to prove like he actually is better than Jeff Teague or point guard yeah. X." But I think what just ended up happening was Rosas was not going to pay near starter money for a guy that they they determined was a backup, even if it was a good backup. And I think, too, like, you're a GM, you want your guys, right? Mm-hmm. You see that in Atlanta when the guy, uh, Schlenk, came in. Yeah. And he's like, he had everyone because he wants his guys. Right. He wants his system. I want my philosophy because, you know, like I said, you've got one chance. It's like, if I have one chance, I'm going down my way, mm-hmm. right? What's the point sure. when I some other, guy, other guys' guys in my one shot? Yeah, and Rosas' way is getting stars. He's... Over and over again, we're going to, you know, high caliber players, elite players, like the uh, free agency isn't our, you know, our place to m- make our moves. It's it's the draft and it's the trade market. Right. And so even though Tyus Jones may end up being like a very tradable contract, he might not. He could, mm-hmm. you know, knock on wood, get hurt. And then it clutters up the books even more. And Rosas would rather take the short term hit in production on the court by not having Tyus Jones. Right to maintain that flexibility or the certainty of that flexibility moving forward. He would have liked, he would have kept Tyus Jones if he could have had him at a Jake Lehman number. Oh, yeah. Well, for sure, yeah. Well, I know, I mean, but that that was just the line. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't it wasn't the idea that he didn't want him in the picture, like, long term. I think he liked, as we do, too, like, that we he liked the things that are likable about Tyus. Mm-hmm. But 
when your goal, your ultimate goal is to get a second star next to Cat, then anything that has the potential of cluttering that has to be deeply considered, if not outright ruled and out. And I think the, the other thing to keep in mind too, and I think this is the, where I'm going to circle back to the piece or what I'm thinking is, he's thinking Cat can leverage other players if I use them a different way. Like, to be competitive this year, I don't need Tyus because I can use Cat to make everyone else better by changing the way he's used on offense. But isn't the, I was having this conversation earlier today, like, Cat hasn't elevated, or Charles, I mean, like, what, what player has Cat elevated most in his four years as a teammate? It's, I think it's hard. I think that's a hard question to answer in part because of the scheme that he's been put in. He's right, been asked right. to post up over and over and over again, and he like he's improved as a passer, and he was a, you know maybe a pretty good passer last year, but he's never been Jokic, and the Timberwolves have never had an offense that like get, got, gets guys open when he's got the ball. So or even that just like the skip, skip pass across for like a spot-up shooter, like if that spot-up shooter is... But they've always Wiggins. had bad shooters. Yeah, and they've yeah, always the been thing, able like, to double-team Cat. And, just to be as simple as possible, like... If Cat's posting up, who's he passing to for assists, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if Cat's the three-point line, he can pass to cutters. Mm -hmm. And Minnesota at least has guys who can make layups. <laughs> they have guys who can make threes. Have they ever got a three-point shooting team in the last three years? I don't have to look at the numbers. No. No. Yeah, that doesn't like, surprise me. They haven't been better than 20, 27th by three-point attempts in Golly, like the last four or five years. That bad. My yeah. gosh. Tib Tibbs' first two years was 30th, 30th. Yeah. And then it was... Wow. 27th, right? Yeah. Yeah, something, so if, like if you're going to be a post-up big man, you're going to find past three-point shooters. So what's the point? Like, you don't know in the past to. Mm -hmm. it, so I think what is that we have gathered from training camp is I, they, they, sign, they don't sign shooters, right? They sign, they sign guys who are cutters. Yeah. You know, the, the Jake Lehman, or you think you can further optimize a Kogi, Culver, that's probably his most immediate NBA skill set. Like, so, so I started thinking about it like that. I'm like, okay, if you have cutters as your surrounding pieces, you need to use Cat for sure differently. It can't just be on the block. Like that percentage of his post-ups needs to decrease. Yet you want his usage overall to increase because he's now far and away your best player. So that that was my question is where is he going to be positioned? And I started thinking Jokic, like, which was more like the nail, you know, get him and operate from there. And I, I asked Ryan about that at training camp. And, and I said, like, at the nail, like, Jokic. And he said, no. He said, outside of the three-point line, he wants So you know what I'm thinking now? Like, if you play Cat and Covington at the four and the five, not that they're the same kind of players, but that Atlanta offense where you get Horford Millsap. And it's mm -hmm. like two, the four and five are three-point shooters facilitating. I guess, I guess Covington facilitate really, but Cat facilitates, mm -hmm. Cov spaces. Then you have room for your three guys to cut, your three not-as-good shooting guards. Which, I'm, for Wiggins is... Weaknesses. That's not a weakness. Mm -hmm. The weakness of his cutting game is he just didn't do it a lot. Mm -hmm. But like every year, you pull up his synergy. And cuts, the thing it's too crazy is like good. you can't cut into to traffic. Got to right. cut into space. Which I think is the argument for not starting a second classic big alongside of him. I mean, he had like some nominal success with Taj and Gorgie in in those lineups, but he got so cluttered. Yeah, they, like when when that season that Cat and Gorgie started like all eighty two together they literally ran into each other like frequently <laughs> and and i think i don't even think that was like on like i think gorgie is actually like a spatially aware person just the reality of their positions and the, yeah, where their they skill were sets. they're yeah. big 
people yeah. <laughs> and they're both in the lane. Like it's, you just get in the way. Like it, I think that's why it's going to be like monumentally better to have that spacing on offense and to use him and have Cuffington be the four. My concern comes on the other side of the floor and I'm like concerned about how they're going to defend or how that's going to, how that's just going to weigh on, because Cat's never been able to handle the Jokic's, you know, on the block or the Drummonds or whatever. Th- those guys, now he has to be the one defending the other fives. Or, and it's bigger than just like post-up situations. It's like getting beat up on the glass. Yeah. That's, that's my big picture concern with the blueprint is like, I don't know. I, I don't think the league's going to get like a lot smaller. Now what it is is everybody's like playing quote-unquote small ball, right, where they're trying to play faster and bomb threes. But the good teams, the good teams have big guys who can do that. Like Milwaukee, they're not small. They start Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Yeah, but like Brooke Lopez isn't going to mush you down down low. You're going to play Cummings okay, but Al, but Al Horford and Embiid are, or like Jokic and Millsap are. I mean, like the contending teams. There's a lot of contending. There's just a lot of teams in the league who. But are, I, I think what you're looking at though, like that's a playoff matchup. If yeah, you're looking at regular season efficiency numbers, if y'all want to mush me inside and I'm going to be shooting threes, mm-hmm. I like my odds. I mean, look yeah. at the league the last five years. And I think to go off what you're saying, like I think the one thing we've seen in the last couple of years, and I, I think you're right, the league has getting bigger a little bit in the playoffs last year especially. But on the whole, it's really shown like the opportunity cost of a non-floor spacer is massive, mm-hmm. absolutely massive. So like let's get Cat in space. Get them on the perimeter, play more shooters around if we can. That's the key. Smaller, faster shooters around cat. And then also not only that, you have longer athletic wings around them too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hope. Yeah, you're gonna be smaller up front. But my see, we were talking about this earlier. I think soon enough it's gonna be Culver, Wiggins, Covington, mm-hmm. two, three, four. That's a very long, very athletic team around cat. Hopefully can like cut off penetration. Mm-hmm. And if you get mushed inside, you get mushed inside. I mean, whatever. I- the, the to clarify that my mushing thing is not like getting post up. Yeah, it's post-up. offensive boards. It's offensive like boards. Yeah, yeah. And every year of Cat's career, they've been bottom five in defensive rebounding rate. Like that, to me, that is a direct connection to why they've been bottom five in defensive rating overall. But it's see, a, what I'm saying though, like they've had they've been bottom five defensive rating while having big lineups. Mm-hmm. So at that point, let's just so, go small. Just try something else. It's going to be yeah, a problem yeah. anyway. I yeah. think that Rosas, like, to to kind of go with Vonley or Towns more often than you go with Covington and Towns, maybe a floor-raising move, but that just seems so against Rosas's ethos. Like, he wants to raise the ceiling, and to do that, Cat's just going to have to get better. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to have to depend on him taking a jump on the defensive end yeah. to be or, and being becoming a better rebounder, becoming sure. a player who can help his team rebound better. But I just... It doesn't seem like they want to do that, like go trade Thaddeus Young for Kevin Garnett or go overpay Taj Gibson so that we can coddle Carl Anthony Anthony Towns for another season. He's got to kind of throw him out there. He's got to... Maybe to some extent, yeah. Right, like he's got to defend better. He's got to rebound better. One thing I wanted to ask you guys. So did y'all hear the low post last week with Embiid? And then in the low post, he was saying that... It's, this is like fourth way hearsay, but you get, <laughs> you get my point. He said that he was told after Embiid called Cat out on his defense on Instagram, mm-hmm. Cat started playing harder on defense, and Embiid agreed with that. Did y'all buy into this? Oh yeah, hundred percent. The, this is the numbers were there over okay. like a, a several month long. But stretch. that was like the thing was Embiid. Embiid's troll game. Yeah, it, it to- I mean totally. And that and that's and there's very. A Jokic, there's Jokic ones too. Yeah, where it's like. 
Well, that's very cat to like, mm-hmm. he, he is very open to hearing criticism and his ears are open. Like I imagine he's on Twitter. Like I think that stuff gets to him. And that's, so that's just a funny way to phrase it. I'm very open to hearing criticism. Just the wrong way to phrase it, <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he cares about that stuff and he reacts to it. His his most illuminating line, I thought, at Media Day was, I hear everybody saying foul trouble, this and that, but the reality of the situation is I lead the league in contested shots at the rim every year and I've just had to do that. He's like, I can't just let people go get dunks and layups. And so I think what that t- touches on both of the sort of things. He's He is hearing the criticism, but he's also like acknowledging that something schematically deeply has to change that stops putting him in these minus defensive situations. Like a lot of that's on him too. Like it's both, but he's right. Mm -hmm. Like he is right there. I mean, it was, that's the reason it was night and day different once he had Covington because he had Covington on the weak side he, that was his media too. He said, like, yeah. they asked, I think Brett asked him that, right? Yeah. And he asked him, like, with Covington, I can trust that my weak side's covered. I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about penetration on the other side of the floor. Mm-hmm. And I think what is going to be, the question is, does he need that on both sides? Does he need two Covingtons? That's why he got Jerry Culver. That's, yeah. that's the hope. That's the I hope. Think. That's right. the plan. And I also think, I'm more skeptical of this one, but I also think part of the plan is that it's Jordan Bell is the version of that. And I think Jordan Bell we're going to really start stop stop thinking about as a five that he yeah. was in Golden State. And he's... Well, Ryan said today you're going to... Or not today, yesterday was it? You're going to have some chances to defend the other team's... Best player. Best wing player. I, yeah. talked, I talked to Bell today and he told me, I, I see myself as like the Draymond behind Cat covering him up, which is, you know, a nice sentiment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's very athletic. He's, he's a smart player for the most part. I mean, he's very aggressive defensively. He has a lot of tools. Mm-hmm. I think he was in a tough spot in Golden State because like they very much wanted to play. They were like, no, we already have Draymond. Your job is to know your role. Right. We need Kevon Looney here. They were like, we don't need two guys freelancing. We already have one guy freelancing. You got to do your role. He didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. He's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting to see how well he meshes. Not just because it could be, he could be a long-term piece alongside Cat. Like I know he's only on a one-year deal, but he, but he could be. And even if it's not him, it's like that type of guy. Yep. Like, is that the is that the type of guy that we need, or we want insulating with Cat? Because reality of the situation is, you probably do need two Covingtons. Well, this is funnily enough why we got really excited about Anthony Tolliver last year because even though he's not Robert Covington and he doesn't have the athleticism of Jordan Bell, he at least like knows when to stunt and when yeah. to when to help, and he can come draw a charge, Luol even Dang if that's too. all he's going to do. Yeah, Lou yeah. Deng, like these guys who are just sound players help Carl Anthony Towns yeah, so much. I think we should like we should do some Culver talk because I think he's going to be one of the keys this season. It's this three-man lineup of Culver, Covington, Cat. I think that is the lineup I'm like going to look forward to seeing a lot. So what are you looking for in it? Well, I think Culver, his, so his scouting report in college at Texas Tech, they ran like an old school, they ran a really interesting offense. It was like a Bobby Knight flex motion, cut constantly offense. Mm-hmm. And they had Culver as a point forward, big, big wing post up, dribble drive, passer kind of guy, initiator of the offense. Mm-hmm. And on defense, he's like one of the primary wing defenders on like the best team's perimeter score. He guarded like, you know, your RJ Bears when he played Duke. He had, they went to the uh, championship game. He guarded like DeAndre Hunter, that kind of thing. So if he can be that player right away, if he can be a good defensive player, a smart cutter, 
and then you have your two shooting in Covington and Towns, and then begins a shooter, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Then if he can be the player he was in college from day one, just filling that role, I think he really grows this team's ceiling. He's a very smart player. He's got a good body, but he's a little skinny. The concern to me is will he hold up physically? Mm-hmm. Because he's kind of, you know, he's not, he needs to get bigger. I think they recognize that. Uh, that will be a point of emphasis in in develop his development. Yeah, so to me, is, is he a year one <clears throat> contributor? Is he a year two contributor? Because I think he determines a lot of the ceiling as his ability right away. Would you start him day one? If not day one, like month two. Yeah. I mean, I always, let me rephrase it. I would hope I could start him because I need him to start because I need his skills on the floor. And big picture, you need that. The assumption is that that's the skill set that maximizes Towns more than the other guys you haven't played, whether that's like a Jordan Bell or a Noah Vonley. Or yeah, and I think to go back to what we were saying earlier, Culver is very unselfish. Even at Tech, mm-hmm. he like had the ball in his hands. He didn't take bad shots. Yeah. He got into lane. He made the next pass. He's a really smart player. He's a high IQ player. He's unselfish. And that's kind of going to run Cat because he'll get Cat the ball. I really like the unselfish part of it. I just think that's going to make the adjustment so much more natural. And I hope that that's what he can lean on is those unselfish qualities like being a good team defender and like cutting off of the ball instead of having to be relied on to initiate the offense yeah. too much because that seems like the situation where it's just more of a development play and it's going to hurt the team, but maybe it'll help. And that's where term. to go. That's also goes back into like having Cat and Covington spacing because his jump shot was the big question mark out of college last year because he was like more of a slasher, questionable jumper, not a great free throw shooter. Can he play within enough space to where that he can do what he does well? And hopefully, if Cat's being used correctly, that's where I go back into like the way Cat's being used can elevate other players. Yeah. Because he creates room for non-shooters to succeed by being as a shooter at the five. Mm-hmm. When we were talking earlier today, you were very positive of Culver as you are here, believing in that, but skeptical about him ever being a... <laughs> I don't know, capable or above average shooter. Maybe. It's no, I think it's possible. I just, yeah. I don't like to promise that because sure. you never know. Like, mm-hmm. especially if the free throw shooting isn't there. But it I sounds like you think possible. it can work even if he's yes, just even okay. if he's not, which is, which is huge. And if he ever became a good shooter, wow, that is a high, high ceiling. But yeah. can that happen? It's just hard to say. I've, I've been burned enough to not to promise that until I right. see it. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about him as a shooter. Like, and, I've said we've talked about this before, Charlie. Of like, I mm-hmm. think we're, we're locking into the thirty percent that he shot last year yeah. a little bit, and just haven't gone back and like watched those. Well, I think I th- I believe I think he shot higher as a freshman. Thirty as, yeah. as a freshman, he was a secondary guy. Mm-hmm. This year, he was the primary guy, so more off the dribble, less catch and shoot, which is something. And I think too with Culver, he was a three star recruit. He was not ranked at all. So the level of growth he had in two years that's encouraging too. Totally. He clearly works in the gym. He got better. That's mm-hmm. always good to see. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to. I, I don't know. I mean, we were kind of a little bit more like skeptical of the pickets. We just didn't really get it. Like, well, it was it was just we're so like, Wait, weird. What's happening here? They were no trying to trade up for Garland, for, yeah. for Garland, yeah. and then Garland got taken. So it was like, oh, okay, they're going to take Kobe White, right? Like, it just kind of made sense. And so then they took Culver, just because the Wolves for the last, you know. Two years, we've been trying to figure out who their next point guard of the future is. Like at the deadline last year, we were trying to, yeah. on this podcast, trade for whoever, Dennis Smith Jr. or Markel Fultz, just to like, you know, throw a dart at the dartboard. So it seemed like they were going to take a true point guard to pair with Cat to see how that could work for five years. Right. And then it was see, just surprising. I, I think the thought was with a true point guard like Kobe White, you're waiting four years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
Gershon's not four years. He needs Cat to be good like year two, year three. He can't wait any longer. And yeah. that, that was that thought process. I, I, I like that because it's, we know that with point guards. It takes forever. It man. takes forever. Yeah. And that's, I mean, is the Jeff Teague thing perfect? Like, no, but Jeff Teague's going to be better this year than Darius Garland. For sure. For sure. Like, and that, I think that's meaningful when you're trying to craft your offense, create some sort of blueprint that is cat centric. You got to have the point guard, like, get it, you mm-hmm. know? And curious what you think about this, John. The, do you think that Culver is ever going to be like a, Defined as a point guard? Point forward-ish, maybe. That's his ceiling as a point forward. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be, like, initiating the entire offense from the top of the key as a true point guard or nothing, no. But maybe you could have, like, a George Hill at point and a Culver at the 2-3 and a sure. Cat at the 5 kind of thing. It's getting to, just because they only have Napier and Teague, like, the th- I think he's the comes in as the de facto third point guard, where maybe they kind of split those duties, be out there with Wiggins at mm-hmm. those times, and then you just kind of just rely on some sort of, like, Real heavy pick and roll. See, I do think the concern would be if he's like you're with because with Napier and Teague are such ball dominant players, mm-hmm. that'd be the concern. See, and that's the the downside with Culver is like he needs the ball ish and he needs space around him. So if he's playing on a point guard, you yeah. better have three shooters around him who can really space the floor. So it kind of limits your options lineup wise. And the Wolves don't have a lot of shooters. I was say this year that's no. We're I mean, they can. That, we're not going to be able to really picture that. Yeah, they can implement a scheme that might space out the offense more, but that doesn't mean it's going to space out the defense. We were sitting here like, well, are they going to play Keelan Martin? <laughs> I, was, I was just going to bring that up. Charles was we were, I were watching the guys shoot, and I was like, all right, in my opinion, these are the best shooters on this team right now. They're right in front of us. It was like Jalen Noel, just as far in the, in the gym, the guys who are best yep. in open gym at shooting a basketball. Jalen Noel, Keelan Martin, Nas Reed, and Shabazz Napier. All Cat. better than Cat? And Cat. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, but I put in Cat there. Was, yeah. But then well, I thought your part point was like, I was kind of joking. And you were like, well, in Houston, those guys would just get a shot. Like, mm-hmm. they played whoever. Didn't mean it, man, you'd be on a two-way, whatever. We need this. We need this skill set out there. We're going to play the guy who's the best at that skill set. See, that was like what I, I loved about Houston. I wrote an article like years ago. I was like, Houston is like the first meritocracy. They did not care. I remember they signed Jeremy Lin, right? right. They gave him a big contract. And then like half of the year, they're like, wait a minute. We have Patrick Beverly, undrafted free agent, better defensively, better spot-up shooter. Who cares? Play him over the heart and he's better. Mm-hmm. And they just did it. It was like that right there takes so much courage to do it. Totally. Most teams don't do it. They did it. And that's almost with the Roses too. I'm curious. You'll do it. Roses was probably part of that decision. I, w- I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I would assume he was. He, I, I was talking to him and he just kind of training camp and he, he brought up that team where they, they brought into training camp uh, that year. Patrick Beverly, Jeremy Lin, Kyle Lowry, and Johnny Flynn. Huh. All four of those guys. And he was like, you know, we were, we're like, we're taking four bites at the apple here. We need like yeah. a point. And then, so they like entered with the whole guess and check mentality there, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it turned out that over time they realized that, oh, not that much time, like part of the season. And then it was like, let's just do better. I mean, I guess another example, last year, Houston played Daniel House, a two-way guy, big minutes all season. Like, that's insane. Yeah. A two-way guy was playing for an team. NBA Finals contender, and yeah. they're like, you know what? They looked at it, like, logically. Okay, Daniel House is six foot seven. He has size in the print. We need the size. We're just going to play him. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. Most teams will not do that. Well, and it's not only that, they would have tried that, 
And if it didn't, it did work. So then they kept going with it. But they're all they'll just like filter it in and out. They're like, okay, if Daniel House wouldn't have worked for those, we'll try somewhere else. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like pull it out, Keelan Martin, you know, or Jim. Yeah, Martin, I mean, like, that, that like what they brought in Fareed last year. They brought yep. in. They signed Gerald Green a couple years ago. Yeah, he was I'll, like went from nothing to twenty four minutes a night. And that's what I'm curious to see too, like how much that will come to Minnesota. I don't, I don't know. I think what Ryan will have no trepidations about playing a lot of different guys. I'm not saying it's gonna be like a 12, 13 man rotation on a night to night basis. That'd be stupid. But I think over the first month of the year, just giving guys shots. Yeah. Totally, uh, that is Ryan's ethos, it, and he showed it last year. In you know, to his credit, like found something in Luol Deng mm-hmm. was who Tibbs had totally put on the end of the bench, like never, never, never played. And then Luol Deng comes in and was awesome for. I was looking at his plus minus. He was really high plus minus. Yes, yeah. yeah, he's uh. the best on the best. On the, I mean, it, it was just because that was like that was just the role they needed. They, he was their Daniel House. Like, yeah. They they needed a guy. He like remember that game against the Rockets, where Dang was guarding. Oh, oh, it was like Okogi would guard him and and Dang yep. like Okogi got that block on which everybody remembers. Yep. But uh, the Wall Dang played defense where he he didn't put his arms up. Yep, he put he like oh glued. the behind the back thing. It wasn't like behind his back because, but it was like he glued his like wrist to his hips. And he just like stayed with him, and he did a really good job on. Like, yeah, because Okogi th- that game did like he fouled Harden on a three, right? Yeah, and he like he had some great highlights, but he also like let up some buckets right. too. Well, Harden, pretty sure Harden still had like over forty in that. Game. Yeah, well, that's exactly. A, that doesn't yeah. matter. Right, right, right. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just like they didn't. Oh no, no, he didn't. That it, that was the game that broke the streak. The oh, thirty plus game. Streak. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's and right. It was funny because like the day before, whatever at practice, Okogi talked and. And they asked him about that, and he's like, well, I'm just going to try and be the guy who breaks the 30-point streak. But he's just, like, very, like, candid and joking. And all the guys in the locker room after, we're, like, after that were, like, saying how he called his shot. And yeah. When saying it was bad. And it's just like, that's a Kogi. He's just like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to try and <laughs> do my best. Like, and if I do my best, maybe, who knows, maybe he will, he'll score 29. Like, and, then, and he did. But he's, he's an interesting piece of this puzzle, too, because like we were saying, like, having your own guys. Charlie, you wrote about this. This week and having both Akogi and Kade Bates Diop are they were good draft picks last year, objectively, but not by this front office. Mm-hmm. And you know, that makes it that makes them question inherent question marks just to they're not Rosa's guy. Well, I think too, like it's just about like the non shooters. There's yeah. only so many slots for non shooters. So if you're gonna play Culver. It's hard to play Culver and Akogi because now there's no space. That's the thing. It's like, you got how do you maximize those non-shooting slots? What was this mean you were talking earlier today? Like, if Akogi starts, then, like, the Sixers will just put in beat on him? Yeah, why not, right? Like, I hadn't really thought of it like that, but I was like, yeah, that's probably what I would do. Yeah. And then, and then whatever, you got Al Horford <laughs> to go put out on Cat. They're like, but even, even for teams who only have, like, one big guy, if it's like they play Brooklyn first game of the year, if Akogi does start, do you just have DeAndre Jordan kind of like live in the lane, kind of guarding? Because that's Akogi? the thing. Like, if you're gonna play small, you've got to go all in on small. You can probably maybe have one non-shooter. If you're playing small with two non-shooters, you're screwed because now you're small and you can't space the floor anyway. So now you And so you're saying the two floor. non-shooters would be Teague and well, I'd be Culver and Akogi. Akogi, and then Teague maybe too. So that that's tough. It's tough for me to see that. So if they're gonna go small. It has to be an absolute like commitment to having 
as they, many okay shooters as you can out there. And they can hard. I mean, they can hardly do that. Your okay shooters, you're looking at like Trevion Graham and Jake Lehman and like. See, that's my concern. Like, I like this lineup of Towns, Covington, Wiggins, Culver. But then it's like it's hard to find more lineups over the course of the game that can run that stuff mm-hmm. successfully. That'd be my it's going to depend on what what Jake Lehman going to be able to give you as a shooter, and if not a shooter, as a cutter. Like, I mean, does it, I, I need him to be shooting. I just I need that. Yeah. If I'm having Lehman, I need him to shoot. Yeah. Well. Okay, but but here's the thing. Like, why didn't they get any shooters? I I think I think they're going to look for another efficiency outside of shooting. I agree that that would be the best option. But I think what their other efficiency is going to be, we're going to just try and hit these guys where they're catching the ball downhill in quote-unquote cuts. Okay, I guess what I'm thinking is, like, basically, so Cat will play how many minutes this year, realistically, per game? 35. Factor in foul trouble. So 35. So those 13, 14 minutes on the floor, how can you even be, like, how can you even be competitive? That's what I'm wondering. How is that going to happen without Cat out there? I think that's the argument for finding a way to stagger him and Wiggins and finding some sort of like second unit that like effectively I guess, yeah, uses like, Wiggins as a give me a lineup without Cat that's gonna be effective. Like let me hear it. Well, I mean a lot of it is gonna depend on if you get a guy like Jarrett Culver to be good in during his rookie year, because if you can have Jeff Teague and Jarrett Culver in your backcourt and then you can have Maybe Trevion Graham at the three, Robert Covington at the four, and Noah Vonley at the five. That's not a great lineup, but it might not. I, I think just it's, a lot of space, though. No. Right now. I, I think it's, if it works, Shabazz Napier's really good at the point. Wiggins is a good pick-and-roll initiator. You have Covington, who's a great defender. Noah Vonley has bought into being the big-body guy. Just rebound. Like, don't shoot a lot. Rebound and defend, and then plug in another the best of your shooting options, like Layman. But see that that lineup. So that lineup would be. Do you think that lineup would be like Napier, Layman, Graham, Wiggins, Vonley, or Napier, Wiggins. Napier, Wiggins, Vonley, Graham, and Shooter X, right? Your the, point is absolutely true, though. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is this whole team, That's I, they're, the they're, and they're not any good because they're not very good because they don't have a lot of good players around him. So naturally, if he's off the court, they're going to That, that to me, is the main concern. I yeah. think he can float these lineups with his shooting ability, but when I'm on the floor, how are you going to be competitive? I just don't see it. I, neither do I, but I'm going to give you— This is. Okay, let me see it. This is my, I'm gonna, okay, well, those are my chicken scratching. Well, this is some fantastic— <laughs> They used to have been a doctor in handwriting like this. <laughs> I did it over the mic. Vonley at the five. Okay, so you have Cov, Wiggins, or Shooters. Layman, maybe. Can Vonley shoot? Like, is that something early? That's he shot, he's, he's working on it. He shot 33% on a couple of attempts last year. He, he shot a lot at times. A okay. couple of attempts per game. I, yeah, yeah. To clarify. Yeah, okay, I, yeah. I think, okay, so look at that way. I think Vonley is the key. I think Vonley backs up Towns, and how can he do as a backup? Because he was good in New York last year. He had some real flashes. He was okay. top 10 pick. Yeah. I like the Vonley sign. My concern is is that he gets out there with that group of guys, and he goes, "I'm the dude," mm-hmm. and then I'm trying to get my contract next year. That's that, my concern. that's another thing. Yeah, that, that's my concern there. I mean, and looking at this lineup, I would think that too. You know? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I agree. But it's ro- it's rosy to think that that lineup would be have a positive net rating in all likelihood. It, it, they just probably wouldn't. Right. Yeah. But Covington's in it. And Covington last year, when he played with the second unit, 
it was awesome. See, and that gets into the other problem because I need Cove with Towns too, and you need Covington to play a ton of minutes. Can he stay healthy? That's mm-hmm. the other. That, that's the big concern for me. It. If he's playing 35 while playing bigger guys, that's going to be hard to hold off for 82 games. I, I'm, I'm full in afraid of Covington playing a lot of minutes at the four mode. Yeah, because like, just, just health-wise? Yeah, I don't know exactly what's going on. It's his health. I guess it's he seemed less optimistic than maybe I was. Like, he, just what, what he was saying at media day. Like, Oh, yeah. You know, you know we're, we're figuring it out. We're going to, like... He was really, really vague about it. It seemed like he didn't want to say anything specific. About his health? About his health. He just, like, you know, I'm healthy going into the year. It was really hard. But he didn't give any real tangible details about what happened or what's going on. So to me, that means he just needs to get in game shape. One, that's the optimistic one. Or there's something just nagging there. Mm Mm-hmm. And Probably, that, yeah. And it nagged last year. He got hurt. He yeah. tried to recover. He had a setback. Well, I went on my whole like high horse last week when we were talking. I was like, <laughs> let's stop treating Covington like Joel Embiid. Like, but I don't know. Maybe I, I, I don't say, know. I don't know okay, how healthy I'm his body about is. It. I, maybe I was wrong. Do you think he's the number two most valuable player on this team after Towns? Far and away. Yeah. yeah. Not even close. Okay. So if he gets hurt, the season's over. Yes. I think that's probably fair to say. That's what yeah. happened last year. Yeah. Yeah. It they was, were they were right. awesome with him. First, yeah. first in. First in offensive rating, third in defensive rating for those. I don't remember games. specifically. Something, something top, like top that. Top five in both. The biggest deal yeah. was that yep. he, not that, at least in my mind, not that the numbers got really good for 11 games, but that Carl Anthony Towns was a different player on the defensive end. He, he was trusting his decisions. He was trusting his teammates. Like they he let, said, That's when they started day. switching a bunch. They said, get out there, cat. Uh, uh, we've talked about this a bunch of times, but there was like, they played this, uh, they played, they played Charlotte, right? Who's running a million pick and rolls, just having to yeah. come up uh, on Kemba. And like Kemba, he Kemba scored like ten in the first quarter, and then they just un- unleashed. I gotta go back and watch this game. You have to. Uh, it's seriously, it? you sh- it's uh, December fifth. Look at this guy. Wow, that <laughs> was impressive. Right here. It, <laughs> that was really impressive. Um, I, I think there's no, probably no. like ten people in the entire world who could have <laughs> recalled the date of a Wolves Wolves Hornets game. It's <laughs> ten. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's the single most optimistic I've ever been about Carl Anthony Towns. Was yeah. that game? I wrote about like, afterwards, and I remember, I remember in the locker room. So Tibbs would go like full Unabomber on the whiteboard. So when did he get fired? Uh, the January sixth, sixth, okay. yeah. yeah. And but on the whiteboard, and it always had the coverages on there. And you know, locker rooms open before. Yeah. And it was the Walker section was so different, and I'm like, and I'm like, this is like, there, there's no drop here, like they're. They're they're like full on. It's switch partners, right? Yeah, yeah. Full, full out. We're attacking that pick and roll. What makes sense? That's all Charlotte's good at. Yeah, that's literally and, that's all it. they can do. And yeah. like, it was cat looked unleashed, like from his. Because what traps cat are his thoughts when he starts retreating okay, back so into the drop. You say that. I remember talking, so there's actually, I was talking to Vonley like four years ago. Vonley? When he's in Portland. Mm-hmm. I was in the locker room just talking to people. And he was telling me I love switching because I don't have to think. I just play basketball. There's no rules. Just yep. guard your man. Guard the next guy. Just go. I'm well, athletic. I can do it. I love it. Well, so the thing was, and I'm sure people are thinking about here is before the first year of Tibbs Media Day, that's all Cat said. He goes, it's time for me to rely on my instincts and I'm going to all this and that. And the defense was 10 points worse with him on the floor than when he was yeah. off. His defense 
cratered. And we're not, everyone's like, oh, no, please never use your instincts again because they made you bad. That's a horrible thing to say. Horrible. <laughs> but <laughs> poor parenting. But what happened was is he was running a scheme that doesn't, as the five, doesn't let you rely on your instincts. It was ice and drop every yeah, single time. Yeah. So you're retreating it's, You're backwards. just a little robot. And it's you're, like, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so like I talked to some of the coaches in Kentucky for this article. And they were all telling me, they said, look, man, we told we had Cap playing good defense. We don't believe for a second he can't switch. We know he can guard. He's not like, in better shape, but we believe he can guard. We know he can guard three positions. We that at Kentucky. I agree with all of that. That's all every I did. part of that. Like Kentucky is not an offensive school. There, when you go to Kentucky, you're playing defense. That's all mm-hmm. I care about. Because their motto is, "We are the best athletes, the best skilled players. We'll score. Who cares? We're mm-hmm. gonna play great defense." That was a nugget, though. That he's got to get in better shape. Well, not that. I guess let me rephrase that. He said, with a direct quote, was like, cats got size 22 feet. Got to slide in those feet. Got to put on your body. Yep. yep. Otherwise, the feet get slow. You put too much weight on them. Yep. That was the direct quote. That's that's really interesting. Well, I don't know, man. I think he he needs to get stronger without putting on more weight, though. Yeah. Well, I think those that, are that goes things. into like the development process of a seven footer, why it takes so long a lot of times. Cause they got to improve their body slowly. It's a process. It's right. going to happen overnight. But yeah, man. So like I probably watched more of Cat at Kentucky than I watched of him in like Minnesota and like, at Kentucky, he was guarding. It was him and Collie Stein switching mm-hmm. stuff, being awesome. And it was I so, do it, man. and it was so weird to see him in the NBA and be like, and see him just like not trusting himself. Cause at Kentucky, he was like really a good, smart player. I mean, he's the antithesis of his pre-draft scouting report. It was like, this guy's a, a, a great defender who can anchor your team for the next 10 years, and he's got a good post-up offense. Hopefully he can shoot it. Yeah. And he's just the opposite of that. He's such a fascinating player, and I think this is why we wanted the story. So the guy from Kentucky said in high school, Cat was three-point line, three-point line. So all he would do was just shoot threes, which is like, what? <laughs> he was a totally different player. And it's just so crazy because what happened was, in high school, because in the high school circuit back in those days, like the league has changed. That was like five, six years ago. So Cat's big rivals in high school were Miles Turner, Jaleel Okafor. It was, they were the same high school class. Mm-hmm. And Jaleel was the guy. Jaleel was the guy in that class. And so it was like, oh, and Cliff Alexander. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. No, <laughs> Jaleel was on the top of the draft board yeah. the whole year. Like the Wolves, that was the, the Wolves won 16 games. They were obviously going to have like, have the worst record of the league. So it, the whole second half of the year, I mean, it was Jaleel. It was and, Jaleel. And Flip clearly wanted Jaleel until like a, a month or two before he was somehow But I'm saying it goes Kat. back even beyond that. So right. like Cat and Jaleel, they're like, they're like 15. And all the guys like, wow, Jaleel's a post player. Cat's real soft. And that was the thing. And Cat was like number nine in recruiting because he was too soft. He was not a real post player. So he goes to Kentucky. He's like, well, you'll play in the post with number one pick. He's like, okay. <laughs> and so it's like he already had this in him this whole time, and now he has to unlearn these bad habits he's been put on because of our BS basketball culture that's slowly changing. There's my take. I like that. Um, where are you seeing the Wolves fall in the West? Oh, man. So, like, literally, like, so I spent like all day, like, thinking about this cat culture. I thought you were going to take a nap. <laughs> I got so into this, I couldn't. So I was thinking about that. I was very excited, but now talking about how they have no backups, no bench, I kind of see this team as like, I think they have the top-end talent with the Cat, Covington, Wiggins, Culver. I think those four could be a playoff team, but I'm looking at five, six, seven, eight, nine, the bench. I'm looking at Covington's injury history. To me, they'll probably miss it. I think, I think this will be a good year, but to me, I don't think the lack of depth will kill them ultimately. 
I think it's those four, and Jeff Teague has a yeah. good year, and then this new system or whatever makes those bench players like passable. But here's the thing: the new system is Carl Towns. Yeah. So he's not out there. How's it going to work? Then we got, got my chicken scratching line up. <laughs> I mean, I think like like I think like, here's the thing. If the Wolves make the playoffs, it's because Noah Vonley had a really good season. Like, I mean, actually, other things had to happen too, but that has to happen also. There's like a lot of yeah. That that and that's like that's how far down I'm going the list of ifs that have to happen for right. the playoffs. Yeah, but the biggest one's got to be that Cat figures out defense. If if Cat becomes like a you know a top, call it like a 40th percentile defensive center, then he by virtue of the Wolves having the, at the worst, the 12th best offensive rating, as long as he's healthy, then they're going to be a solid team. If he can bring them up to be, call it the 17th best defense, and they're going to have the 11th best offense unless he gets hurt or better, then they're a solid team. But if he doesn't, it just becomes really, really hard. Well, see, to me, I'm looking at it like, I believe if Cato's used correctly and played with Covington, it's going to work. But then it's like, if you're playing Cat and Covington a lot, how are you going to, how is that bench going to hold up? So I would look at that to me is how, how, like, that's where I want to see like Saunders. Like I need some magic, man. Find some way when cat's out, when Covington's out, just to stay afloat. I need some, I don't know how it's going to happen, but they got to find a way to do that. I think it's what's going to end up happening is they're staggered more. And to, but, but to me, that's make you special is that, that combo together. Yeah. That's, I, I that's the no, tough part. That's really like, that's like, I guess the dilemma or something. That's the dilemma is you're at your best with cat and Covington. But that means they're together. It means they're they're not on the floor at all. And then how do you stay afloat? That to so, me is the question. So, because we were talking about this earlier today too, but because Vantapool is up drawing on the board, yeah. and you were like, oh, Vantapool in Portland, like they're not going to start switching everything. Like he's from Portland, right? Like yeah. Nurkic, like, and I agree. That's what I've been trying to say to people. Is like, and Ryan <laughs> said this yesterday. He said, he said switching will be a coverage, will not be the coverage. And all that we're hearing, you're hearing switch, 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 switch. What they mean is it will happen mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll say, I'll say too, um, I was talking to Bell and I was talking about switching and then he's like, oh yeah, switching is great. And he had some comment like, we'll see how much we do it. Yeah. It, it, you know, I bet, I will bet a lot that that is not the main stay of their defense. But what I was going to say to the second unit thing, if you got different coverages, maybe you got Cat effectively finding that middle ground with with Covington and sometimes you're attacking the pick and roll if you're playing Kemba and sometimes you're dropping and you're you're figuring that out and they're like, man, we found this, our first unit defense, we found the, that diversity and then on our bench, we're this team who just electrocutes you, switch everything, Jordan uh, Bell, all those you guys. You know what I might, I might wanna see? Like maybe I wanna see Napier, Martin, Noel, Bell, Vonley. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, man. At least that's you're spread just watch shooting so bad. That's spread pick I don't, and roll. Yeah, you're right. right? <laughs> like the Mavs always have good benches because they say we're doing spread pick and roll. We don't care. Like we have Berea, we have Powell, we have shooters, and it's just gonna work. Yeah. And like that to me, that might be what you have to do. I don't know. But I, I mean, that, it's, that's tough. It's I'm gonna be tough gonna to work. do when I'm not when saying Mar- it's gonna when work. When Martin and Noel are in Iowa, you're <laughs> 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 like, wait, <laughs> Keelan, come on. It's not gonna be at the end of the bench because he's gonna be. In the G League. Oh, man. Um, yeah, well, basically, it, how it falls in the West is, like, if you just do the over-unders, I got, like, the eight teams locked up there, and then your Dallas Mavs are, like, nine right Yeah. Now. So th- the way I'm seeing it is things kind of click together, and the Wolves are at 35 and a half wins, Dallas is at 40 and a half. So maybe the Wolves exceed expectations by, like, five, and they get up to that Dallas level. Yeah. But you're still not. Well, because what it comes down to, like, I mean, it's just so reductive, but, like, 
who's going to get hurt, right? Because like yeah. we have to go through every team. Like who's the Covington? Who's the guy we're not talking about? Who if he gets hurt, it sinks the season. Right. There's guys that on all these rosters, right? Mm-hmm. So like the Warriors. Yeah, if Steph's healthy, if Draymond's healthy, they'll be good. Yeah. But will they be healthy? It's year six out of five straight finals. I yeah, don't know. so the Anthony Davis is the example I use all the time last year. It's like, we thought Pelicans were a lock to make the playoffs. Yeah. And then win 30 games. Yeah. Like, it, it just, you're right. No, that that could happen. But they, they need to put all these pieces in place to get themselves into the Dallas, New Orleans, Sacramento bin, yeah. which they're like a small step So, below. like, basically, then you're in the spot where if someone else has yes. unexpected injuries, you can be the one to jump up. Yeah, yeah that's the... The optimistic path, but I just think so much of that, given the nature of the West, is going to be out of their control. So I don't know. I mean, I that isn't even the real important thing. Yeah, I, I was just right, going like, to say, to me, this year is about cat this new system. Mm-hmm. What's it going to be? If that if that happens, if that's unlocked, then the rest will be figured out. Right. Yeah, and just to mention it, this roster could be very different by the time the trade deadline's over, and this roster, I'm certain, will be you know, 50% different next season. They're going to lose so many of these guys. You know what would not surprise me? Like big, big picture. If you have Cat making guys better, elevating, maybe he elevates Wiggins enough to get traded. That's also very possible, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you get Silo on Wiggins and really get this thing moving. They, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It will be, which is interesting about this whole family and culture and this and that that's happening, which again, I think is good. I also think just the nature of being a president of basketball operations that needs to improve his team greatly is you're going to, you need to be cutthroat. And I will say if Houston was very cutthroat, the Houston guys, I mean, at least Maury, Maury doesn't care. I would bet big time that this team will be cutthroat in their maneuvering because they go, we're in a hole right now. Salary cap wise, talent wise, like we need to, every single thing we do, we need to be making we need to make every little thing adjustments on the fringes. We can't bring Tyus Jones in because there's a 15% chance yeah, that exactly. he blocks us from that. Yeah. It's going to be, it's gonna cut, they, let cut, they let Tyus Jones go. Yeah. They let Tyus, I mean like. They traded Dario Saric tra- like that. Right. Who was like supposed to be his cat and Dario like for the future. That was yeah. like, what about, it's, it's going to be cutthroat. There's going to be I'm going to say like, who are Gerson's guys realistically are Cat and Culver. Mm-hmm. I think Covington will be his guy after that. I also would not be surprised one bit if Covington was traded before the trade deadline this Ooh, year. Oh, he's a he's a movable piece for sure. Yeah, he's very, very movable. He'd be a yeah. real big. And I so. could see Rosa saying, "Look, if we win a championship in the next three years, it's not because of Cat and Covington. You're it's right. because of Cat and the guy we got." Maybe, for yeah. I think I think you're right. I think it's Cat and Culver. The I, guys. I think I don't think it's the trade deadline. I think it's next summer, and it's part of a three-team trade where the Wolves get their D'Angelo Russell, right? Like some guy who's making like twenty-five million, and. Covington is going out in one direction. Assets are going to another. To call it like Devin Booker, and like I, whatever I, it is. I, I guess too. Like if you look at Covington, Philly, he was great the regular season, but like he exploited in the playoffs. And Philly said, "Okay, we like Covington, but he could become a star for someone." We okay, but for uh, help, honestly, help me remember this. Like when he he had bad playoffs, but he was just he just didn't make any threes. It wasn't like he was playing bad defense. Well, they 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 had no other option. They put him on Rozier, and he killed him because mm-hmm. yeah. it was like it was tough. Because, yeah. like, it was weird because, like, he was, they needed him to be yeah, like a stopper, right. but he had to guard a point guard. It was just tough. Mm-hmm. He, he was great at it here. He yeah. was great when they, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have him be, like, the, the point of attack guy. I like, think that's Culver. That's why I think the guys Kogi too. Towns and Culver. The t- I think if your name is not Carl Town or Jerry Culver, don't, be, don't be buying a house here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you. 
Uh, all right, that's Jonathan Sharks of The Ringer. When, as this is probably you're not going to publish the story, I'd assume, until like the season, right? No, it'll come out. The plan is it's going to come out, what's today? Um, October 16th. That's what, That's the goal. Okay, sweet. Right on. So look for that and the Taylor. I'm excited for the Taylor. That, that will be out. That will be a while. That'll be in the season at some point. Okay, that, that's sweet. I, that's just awesome. It's your high school basketball teammate. Yeah, now I an know. NBA coach. <laughs> small, it's a small ba- blog boy world sometimes. <laughs> I like it's fun. I like to say like my I, high school basketball teammate was Royce White, and you got Taylor yeah. Jenkins. I backed you, up you Taylor, and he became an NBA head coach. And I'm a blogger. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, follow Jonathan Sharks on Twitter, which he doesn't use. At hey, I post Sh- my links on there. You do. You do. Your, your stories are up there. I'm just kidding. We were talking about. You're Jeff Teague. There you go. Professional wrestling. Um, Charlie's at C. John's NBA. We'll, we will get back to doing the the final segment of the roster that guards uh, next week uh, when Charlie's here. And then Britt Robson will start his Monday appearances next Monday. Oh, that's awesome. It's coming on your pod every Monday. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah, Britt's the man. It'll be, that's really cool. It's going to be a good year for the pod. Hey, heck yeah. Maybe you can even come back once they're making their playoff push. Oh, now we're talking. Just <laughs> fly me out again. <laughs> fly me out again. I'll be happy to do it. All right. Uh, uh, until then, I'm Dane Moore at Dane Moore MBA, and see you next week. Cool. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like nobody else around